might have a mom, she might be the bomb But ain't nobody got a mom like mine Her love's till the end, she's my best friend Ain't nobody got a mom like mine Welcome to Teaching My Mother ABA Where we put a unique spin on teaching ABA By using pop cultural references and real life stories So sit back, relax, and enjoy the shit show we call life Okay, so this week our pop culture reference is, well, this one was hard because I I know that what our topic is, so I was like going to try to find something that was appropriate, but all I could think of was, um, I'm running away from my responsibilities and it feels good. Uh Uh-huh, that's a good one, yes. I feel like that was how I felt I wanted to do at the end of last week. When- <laughs> well, mine is because I'm headed on vacation, which I am using air quotes because, I mean, as you know, I'm coming to your house, <laughs> which is not, <laughs> not a vacation at all anymore. Oh, my goodness. And let me tell you, the boys, they're on high alert. I don't know. And they'll be coming back from their cousins. So we're going to do – it's going to be back to back to back. Uh, yeah. It's not Can't easy. wait. I'm sure. And so I was talking to – Wava, who's the oldest, and I'm like, oh, we're going on vacation. So like, oh my gosh, just me and you. And I'm like, mm, no, me, you, Papa, and Hattie. And she's like, oh, Papa's so grouchy in the car. I'm like, I know, I know. And we have 14 plus hours with him. I'm sure it will be just absolutely. That's because you brainwashed her, right? To say that. No, I have not. I just out of the blue asked Hattie yesterday if she loved me or Papa more. And she said me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They're going to – well, I mean, they're all going to need therapy anyway, but we'll probably need to add that. And it was last week uh, my oldest had to go to – we just got back again from a a work trip in my – Oldest had to go to over to his other grandparents, who I am so glad that they live close because they can mm-hmm. watch. I'm so thankful. Me too. He Me was too. Like, can I just go to your house and lay and watch TV? He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, I just want to go lay and watch my iPad. <laughs> I know. Well, and I know that the reason he wanted to come here was just to lay and watch his iPad, but, um. It's nice once in a while for them to ask. I also, though, your in-laws living so close to you honestly makes me feel so much better about having to do work stuff all the time because I feel like at least you have – I mean, you're lucky because your sister-in-law is Mm – how far is she away from you? A little under two hours. So it's – Yeah. Like I can literally drive – if I needed to drive there in the morning and drive home at night, I can, which is nice. Yeah. Because having family close yeah. is, I mean, I can't live any closer to any of you because you'd move into my basement. So it's nice Me that and my children. I I know I stay away from your sister. Your sister called me this morning, and she's like, "Why don't you just move closer?" And I'm like, "Hell no, that girl would be in the basement." I know. Well, I know, and asleep. I would. I'm so ready to take Caddy 
I spent so mm. my uh, youngest niece got to spend what four or five days with us up here, yeah. and mm-hmm. she is just like a handful and a half. However, her personality, like I just want to take her and I want to squeeze her and I want her to like, come <laughs> and just stay with me forever. Well, yesterday she had to be drugged out of your cousin's house because she wasn't ready to leave. And I was like, did you prep her for the transition? Like, did you tell her that this is what's going to happen? And, but now her new thing is I just freaked out. That's what she does Mm -hmm. for everything. Yeah. Cause she accidentally drowned Finn in the pool and she's like, I don't know what happened. I just freaked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is that, uh, when she was here, that is, uh, Great segue to introduce what we're talking about today, and then we'll do another, we'll do an actual check-in. But today we're going to talk a lot about compassionate ABA and trauma-informed ABA. So I'm excited. This topic, I'm not really teaching anything to my mother today. She she might have to teach me some things. Um, But I think it's really important to talk about this topic, and we're trying to really move forward in doing and making sure we're engaging in compassionate ABA. And I don't think everyone 100% understands exactly what compassionate ABA is. Or let's talk about the fact that we have to call it something else, but we'll get into that. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Oh, I didn't even think, oh yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, we definitely have to. Let's check in first. So (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about last night when we took turns trying to, um, either poison or get rid of our dwellings. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have been, okay. I think I (laughs) talked about this before, but I was been, I recently was diagnosed with bipolar and I'm trying to get my medication like figured out. And I upped one of my medications. And so for the last like week, I've been going to bed at what? 6.30 one night, seven (laughs) o'clock, like, And I usually don't sleep more than five hours. So I have been super groggy. And finally, yesterday, I started to feel a little bit better until I realized that I put the cottage cheese away in my medicine cabinet in my bathroom. (laughs) I don't even know, like, don't remember putting it in there at night. Like, it it was cold. How long was it in there? No, it was cold. So I had to have done it while I was... Well, I also made like you were just carrying it around. Yes, I don't know. I'm like, why? Why? Well, there's always that like one upping of who's losing it faster. So I, um, first of all, I got salmon out for supper because I'm trying to do heart healthy for your father's heart episode, whatever. And I left it on the counter, and so it was. Mm, roomish temperature. And I seriously sat for a really long time trying to decide, should I chance it? Then I was like, well, maybe I just feed it to him. (laughs) Then I would like, oh my God. Okay. So the salmon's gone. So then I'm trying to like find something to make for supper. And I'm also trying to pick up the house because it's disgusting. And um, I start I decide to do some cherry tomatoes and pasta. And anyway, I start the garlic and saute and olive oil and I come back out and your dad is yelling at me. The whole house is full of black smoke. And 
it smells like like burnt garlic. I had like tried to burn the house down. Now, the best part is that man was standing in the kitchen when it happened. Like, you know how small our kitchen is. I'm like, did you not notice the smoke rolling around your head? Oh my gosh. That is- so then he's like, you're, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you in what I had done was came back into my office to check my calendar to see what my schedule was for the next day. And then I got distracted. But Oh, you mean you were working again? That's what I get. So why are you working? It's seven o'clock at night. Why are you working? It's a Sunday. Why are you working? Well, you you supported my hopes and dreams of creating our own company. And this is what it is. So this is your fault that I'm working seven. Like, okay. So my dad, like anyone who watches Gilmore Girls, the year in the life, super proud. Dad is super proud. And his so supportive of everything. Like he's probably more proud of the fact that me and mom have our doctorate than we are that we have our doctorate. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so this is all his fault. Like if he would have just said, "Oh, you're average. It's okay. You don't have to do anything extraordinary." <laughs> like, well. Oh, and the reason I'm working at seven o'clock is because he had me looking at campers because that's his new thing. Yeah. So I spent from four till seven, well, 630 looking at campers because he's decided that now he's a camper so that because he went fishing once. (laughs) No, this is childhood. Well, I know. Well, that's okay. Here's the problem with the camper. His, he tries to act like he's like rough and can like hunt and all, which he can, but he likes to stay in at least a three star, four star is pushing it. That man has made me move hotel rooms and hotels more times because he thought that I'd pick somewhere sketchy than anyone. Like he is such a baby, such a baby. So the campers that he's looking at, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to be working until I'm 90. And then his whole thing behind the camper is what he's using is that the grandkids, like we grew up camping with our grandparents and it was like so fun. So like we have to have a camper with bunk beds because we have to have it somewhere for the kids to sleep and all this other. Oh my God. I watch all those TikToks now. I can help you get the best room. For your campers, like oh, I know because I'm like, well, we can rip this out, and he's like, you can't rip, and I'm like, it's plywood, like it's so it cheap. It would be yeah. the easiest then, project ever. It's way easier than building on another yeah. in the garage. Exactly, and then so then he wants, so he found the camper he wants. I don't know the brand because I don't know unless they want to sponsor me, that would be great because we'll wrap it in K now. But like, if I need a camper sponsor, I need to figure that out. <laughs> He wants one so he can go off grid. I'm like, our 10 fans, we need a camper. Yeah, our 10 fans, we need a camper sponsor. We also happen to be spouses of all of our employees. (laughs) That feel like it's required because they're employed by (laughs) K-Now. To work at K-Now, you have to listen to the podcast. (laughs) That's like yesterday at our meeting when they're like, one of them used the alpaca reference. And then she's like, she didn't know the alpaca reference. And then the other one's like, well, I went and listened. So I now know the alpaca reference. I'm like, exactly. If you want to work here, you have to listen to the podcast. Sorry. We have 10 fans. Yeah. We need all we can get. Anyway. So he wants an off-grid camper. Solar powered. Oh yeah. When has he ever 
every bit off grid so that we can do dry camping. I'm like, what the hell is dry camping? So it's when you have no, like no services and you have to live off like your little camper. I'm like, does know that that you have trained every single family member to make you coffee a specific way every morning. How are you doing that dry camping? (laughs) No, I can, I, and uh, no, there are so many, there's no way. Plus, to and off the grid the, beside yeah. my house is not off the grid <laughs> i don't know uh, the koa up the road not off the grid <laughs> plus he it there for me for us to have the camper i have to work 24 7 so i have to have a sat i have to have i don't know if he's gonna be like a sat phone i don't know what his plans are so today I'm going to try to talk some sense into him about this camper situation because I mean, I either have like to- if you get a camper, I will be spending a lot of time in that camper. So could we get a nicer kind of camper? I mean- well, so here's the problem to have the nicer one. We have to get the smaller one. I mean, oh. yeah, because the bigger one, I'm sorry. The one we looked at that was a like, remotely in our price range. Like it was plasticky. I'm like the first time that man walks into the room and shuts a door, the door will be cracked. Or his two granddaughters who walk exactly like him. It was so bad. And then we found a camper we liked, but the salesman, the salesman was an ass. Let's talk about you and salesman. So my mother (laughs) will pay that's Dr. Jepson. value if it's a better good salesman just to say f you to the salesman who tr- like maybe mentions like oh can you afford this or oh you should go ask your husband or go ask your husband that was the best one so i ended up with a jeep patriot <laughs> a jeep patriot which was the worst car i've ever owned tiny uncomfortable but the salesman pissed me off so anyway the salesman today, it's his day off today. And oh, I'm so like, I told in. you that. I'm like, we need to go back and I need to buy the camper that I liked. That was the one I wanted from a different salesman at that place because he was such a douche. I think. Oh my God. Just ask for a different salesman. Oh, I will be because I'm sorry. He was. And then he like, oh, I just. Oh. Sales. Sometimes salesmen are just. Anyway, like you have to have a yeah. personality to sell something, I guess. I don't know. Well, and the fact that, like I said, the Jeep Patriot issue was the guy was like, why don't you go home and talk to your husband about this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Now I have to buy this stupid car because you told me you I told need me to, to ask, ask permission. Husband. Yes, I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay. So that was, so what else have we done? We traveled for well, a week. We spent a week well, together. We really wanted to have um, one of our contractors, Victoria, on today because <laughs> she had the <laughs> best experience in our last work trip. I can't wait to talk um, to her about that. So we're going to have her on next time because she couldn't, I couldn't get her last minute. But um, we just came <laughs> back from a, was it a four day or a five day? This one was a Sunday through Thursday. Yeah. It was after cool. a week together previous so yeah so and I literally every night came home and went to bed at 6 30 in the hotel room and uh, mom had long Dr. Jepson had long conversations with me as I was completely passed out in the bed because that's how tired I was um 
And how many times did we move the rooms? We w- we made it through three rooms. Okay. Three rooms. Now, it, that sounds like, okay, first of all, we're staying in a Fairfield Inn, so it's not bougie. Second of, then it does sound bougie because we're moving, but here's what happened. We get in the first room, and what was the temperature in the first room? It said that it was 65, but it was like 75. And it was 100 and what? 100 and in Minnesota. In Minnesota. So, and the whatever, what? What way does the sun set? Sets in the west. So the room was facing the west. We got in. It is blazing hot, and the windows are open. So I called down and I said to the lady, "The room. It's it's not. I, we sat up there for a minute. I'm like, it's not cooling. There's no cool air. And she's like, well, open all, <laughs> open all the curtains. Let the sun shine through because that's what will trigger the <laughs> air conditioner. And I'm like, so you want me to let the sun, which is 103 degrees, beating down in? No, not going to do it. Please move me. I, well, to start with, I booked two, two sets of rooms. Oh yeah. for That was the beginning. We should have yeah, taken so, the two rooms. Oh, we should have. I felt bad because I had reserved two rooms. So I already felt like I caused a problem, a but then I was, yeah, yeah but my so face was beat red, sweat dripping down me. So we moved. She's like, well, let me call you back. Well, as she's calling me back, Britt's starting to march down there and she's going <laughs> to tell how to move. And uh, oh. so then she calls back and you can move the next room. So we get in the next room. I'm like, oh my God, it's a, like a smidge cooler, but not cool. And I'm like, I'm not moving again. Like we're just, it's, it'll be fine. It'll cool down. Two nights, I sweat like a pig. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. So we have two nights left. And I call down and we got a different person. She's like, oh my God, yeah. Like it shouldn't be that hot up there. You should move. So I'm like, okay, thank you. Can you move us? And she's like, let's move you across the hotel because the first time they just moved us to the next room. And she's like, they're probably on the same circuit. I don't even know what kind of crap she, she's like, I'm like, thank you. And can we be on the bottom floor? Because the elevator is clunky, (laughs) clunky. Hate that elevator. Funky. So luckily Victoria was with us, which she can share all that. But we made her ride in the elevator with all of our luggage. We didn't make her. We gave her the choice. Right. We said, Can you do you want to meet us on the first floor? We'll be down. We'll meet you. I think we said, I think we said we can you can can you help Brittany carry these bags down the three flights of stairs? And she's like, I'll just go in the elevator. Yeah, that was probably it. It Something along those lines. So then I set the air at 62 for the next two nights. My muscles hurt so bad because I was in like this little ball and she wouldn't turn it down for fear that it would stop working. So I am like, I got a workout every night. Just shivering. Yes. Yeah. So, and I hate that we're moving hotels next time because... They're very lovely, nice. And they have breakfast. Have breakfast, which you didn't, didn't eat the whole entire time. I kept track. I kept data so that the next time you did not get breakfast. You I did once. Stole, I got cereal. You, you didn't eat it. Oh, I didn't. You're right. Yeah. Nope. I have the data. Mm-hmm. I have the data. Okay. Yeah. So Your head doesn't count. There's lots of things in there. <laughs> secure. Secure. Um, cause they have, t- like, if it's cold, she would have like lavender, um, chamomile tea for us. It was very lovely, but 
I know, but I we can't like there's I did eat too the cookies. Many of yeah, that's I did I eat did. those too. Yeah. But anyway, so we traveled. That was we had temperature issues. What else happened? Has happened. Uh, we in the tried last Ethiopian week? food for the first time. Oh, that was delicious. We are fans, definitely mm-hmm. fans. Um, and it was it was like authentic. Is that what word I'm looking for? authentic yeah yes. it was really so for our um <laughs> for our 10 viewers if you're ever in saint paul another shout out which 10 of our viewers or listeners because they can't see us uh 10 of our listeners will be eating at this restaurant as as they move through the minneapolis uh-huh. chain we will be taking them um, it's boy ethiopian cuisine in saint paul and it was delicious yeah the, it's kind of hidden away. Like you think you're going to somebody's house to eat, mm-hmm. but you're not. He rebuilt the um, restaurant after it was burnt down in the riots that happened after the George Floyd um, murder. And so it's a super cool story. He was a lovely person and mm-hmm. it was amazing food. First time I've ever had it. It was so good. It was a great good. restaurant. Yes. So for our and the coffee was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah. Good. So good. With incense. The uh-huh. whole I mean it was like I'm I was I was, was in experience. my I was so, we had so Midwestern. Yeah, so Midwestern. <laughs> so Midwestern. It was great. Um, I acted like I had never been off the farm. Oh my gosh. Trying to think of what else. Did we say, have we said we got accepted to talk at Weba? We'll be talking at Weba. I don't remember. I don't know, but that's exciting, right? It is. We're talking on cultural competency and it's a symposium and there'll be um, four or five of us and we're talking about um, a training rule RBTs using telehealth. So how to use telehealth to target like barrier, cultural barriers, I think is the, the main point of it. Uh, well, we have to practice because we're on with our good friend, Cicely, who has already been like, when are we practicing? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. So it will not- be good. I'm excited. I don't know which day we're talking, but we also have, we'll have a booth at Weba. So if you do, if you are going to Weba. Friday. Yeah, if you haven't been to Weba, it's Women in Behavior Analysis Conference. It's in Nashville, and it is probably one of my favorite conferences to go to. I know this will only be my second year, so I only went last year. Um, I loved it. Very, like, empowering and um, very, very exciting for me to see all of these women that have done such great things in the field and... Um, that are working to hopefully break down the barriers that we face, not just in ABA, but across the field as professionals and business owners. Um, or so yeah, it's new conference. Come back from the grave, things like that. <laughs> this is not. Uh, we need, neither of us can be political. <laughs> I can't. I am actually reading. So one of our. Um, Staff members shared on their Facebook the 213-page um, document for the new the Roe um, versus Wade, and then Casey. I didn't know there was a Casey name in it, but I'm reading it the whole 213 pages right now, um, and it's actually very interesting to to actually to do my research. I guess is what I'm saying, but um, yeah, we won't go into that right now. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe I, when I get through my... Well, I think we can guess what my feelings are after the conversation about someone telling me or acting a certain way towards me on how I feel about you telling me what I can or cannot do. Yeah. Just saying. When I wake up in the morning and the long gets out of morning, I don't think I'll ever To segue into now it's time to go to class and learn something. Yes. How are we going to be compassionate to those who are different from us and have those um, different opinions? Yeah. So at the beginning, how you said this is the least. Uh, did we say that? I don't even know if we were recording, but this is probably the least prepared we've been for. Oh, my episodes. God. Yeah. Um, and my least prepared is that I do have an article from my archive. Wait, wait. Okay. I have one too. I want to know what what'd you pull up. What, just tell me. What'd well, you pull of course up? I pulled up Bridget Taylor and LeBlanc. And then Melissa Nozick is the other, is the third author. So I have compassionate care and behavior analytic treatment. Can outcomes be enhanced by attending to relationships with caregivers? That would be the exact same article that I have sitting here. <laughs> uh, to... So I was texting with our marketing person who we also need to get on the podcast because, well, first of all, I don't know if like her waiting us out by being I was quiet. Say, it will be, there'll be no talking the whole podcast or we'll just talk faster than we already talk. So when Shannon speaks, we all listen because she is not, she's not a, in the work situation yeah in the work situation it's different in another situation but she thinks very clearly about what she's going to say and doesn't like a lot of excessive chatter and she's worked with me for probably three or four years so she obviously excessive chatter does not bother her that much but we were (laughs) we were talking about some marketing stuff and I said something about maybe I had told you, Brittany, not to do something. And I feel, I said, I think telling her that just made her want to do it more. And Shannon's response to me was, and I will quote, I guess I should ask her permission. Is it like talking into a mirror every day? (laughs) Why? Yes. Yes, it is talking into a mirror every day. Oh my god, that's hilarious. We need the shirts that say that now. Like talking to a mirror every day. Swag. I got it. I got the swag. I'll get it. Oh my get god. It. Okay. Um, so we both pulled up the same article. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. I wonder. So the first off, Bridget Taylor is I love reading her stuff and um I listened to her. Uh, one of her, I can't remember if it was a training or a podcast, and it's like it's what really sparked me into that compassionate care, um, trauma informed ABA. Which I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say, don't be a dick, <laughs> Brittany. Like, I would never ever say that. I, I think you believe. said something else. I can't remember what you said too. But I'm like, I'm why? Okay, first off. There's something wrong with our science if we can't, we have to put the word compassionate before it. Like, why isn't everyone compassionate? Why doesn't everyone put themselves in someone else's shoes? So this article, one thing I really liked about it is it talked about sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Which are very different. They are. And how empathy Mm -hmm. is when you are in touch with another person's feelings. But compassion is actually putting that into action. 
So you can be empathetic without being compassionate, but you can't be compassionate without being empathetic. So the favorite, my favorite part is even talking about this is like, these are the things. So when you're (laughs) that I have talked about forever. So, um, I came from a field that's so feeling-y, like we're always checking in, we're being like, and, but there was something missing, right? Obviously I would still be in that field if there wasn't something missing. So I do feel like there is this marriage between the science and the compassion Mm -hmm. and, and things, but Um, so we would always check in, but checking in isn't enough asking someone how they're feeling, um, because you have a checkbox on your FBA or whatever it is that says, I need to check in with caregivers or I need, when I'm doing an intake, I'm going to ask them like what their greatest challenges are or whatever. And then I'm just going to report that and not do anything. Yeah. Like that's not compassion Mm -hmm. or empathy or, and and sympathy is great, but you're right. Like we're in a time where it's not enough. Yeah. There has to be movement into action. It's not just putting yourself in someone else's mm-hmm. shoes. It's actually walking in those shoes. And knowing that we can't actually walk in their shoes step by step, we can maybe walk beside them. So I was reading, I can't remember the article I was reading. Um, since I'm trying to put off studying for my um, test. So I'm reading other things from other um, from other fields. And it was one thing about empathy is not walking in my shoes, walking beside me or walking. Like there's so many different ways you can walk beside behind a little bit in front, depending on where you need in a relationship, which is very true in every relationship. Like with these, the parents that we work with, there might be days that we need to take the lead. Yeah there might be days that we need to let them take the lead that we need to just listen. Um, there may be days when they really need information from us. Um, and so knowing how to have those relationships and how to work with those relationships. So, well, and I like how their example in the article. So it's that, um, you can empathize with a parent who's sad and frustrated that their son's not making progress. They had hoped by listening attentively to the parent, taking the parent's perspective, acknowledging and accepting the parent's feelings and allowing themselves to feel what the parent is feeling in the moment. So I think a lot of times um, you go in and you think compassionate care is like, oh, it's going to be okay. Let me help you through this. Let me mm-hmm. let me help you fix your feelings and how you're feeling right now. But it really needs to be, let me sit in this with you. And then when you're ready, like we'll come you out to you. And so, yeah. Well, and the hardest thing about, um, because for me, because I can't speak for everyone, but allowing people to be in those feelings in general. This is not just professional, but I'm not good with feelings. And now I'm really, I didn't know that. I thought you were amazing with feelings. What did I'm not. Okay. I have to share this TikTok that my sister sent speaking of her feelings or her being great with feelings. So it's a TikTok of um, like shake what your mama gave you. And she's kind of like the person's kind of looking at their bottom and things like that. But then all of a sudden it goes over to pill bottles. So shake what your mama gave you. <laughs> pill bottles. <laughs> all so those funny. feelings wrapped up into. <laughs> oh 
Well, now I'm starting to have a complex because what book did you give me? And I was like, it's isn't a little late for it's a little late to be it in the party. To, it was um <laughs> How to be a good mother no, dying, or something. Dying to be a good dying mom. Be, oh man. And I'm, I'm like put that in the show notes too. That's a really good book. You should I'm I'm like, isn't it a little late? Like you're all grown. Apparently with your own um, medication and everything like it's too late. Anyway, okay, we've that's a whole okay, other episode okay. of my mother. So compassionate, oh. compassionate. But I love how yeah, as the professional, we have to be okay with not having all the answers and letting the families be in that moment. Yeah. Well, and so I think it's interesting. Okay, so from when I'm everyone knows me as like extremely like hard science and ABA. And over the past, I would say four or five years, I've been slowly going over to the, what we call the soft side or what some people call the soft side of ABA. Um, And again, listening to Bridget Taylor really got me thinking on this, but this article specifically for those who are so stuck in that hard science thought of ABA is how compassion is a part of perspective taking. So we have mm-hmm. to have that perspective, which is a part of relational frame theory and specifically the didactic frames, I, you, here, there, and now, then. So, you know, I could So she was able to wrap it around. Yeah. So being able to, you can be compassionate and scientific at the same time. That's like mm-hmm. the biggest thing I want people to understand is just because you talk about feelings or you accept other people's feelings and you accept that there are those covert behaviors, that doesn't mean that you're cheating on the science or that you're going against our ethics. And uh, I know me 10 years ago, this was, <laughs> I'm just thinking of toilet training. Like that comes to my head all the time. How many times my little 20 year old self told parents just hold out. Just, it's fine. You're making this harder than it needs to be. And then I have my own children. That was a fun time. I can go into their perspective and I can like step in those shoes. And I really do every day. Um, I have some of those parents who it's been past time, but are on my Facebook and I have been to them. Like, I am so sorry. I was such a stickler when we were working together. Like, I get it now. If you want to come punch me, it's cool. I will take it. (laughs) Well, and I think when we talk about um, compassionate ABA too, it's we work with a lot of diverse. You can't, you can't be in any relationship, professional, personal, whatever with anyone anymore. That is the same as you. Mm -hmm. Like there is no the same as you anymore. Um, You know, it used to be that, when you grew up in maybe the seventies or eighties, like I did, like there were a lot of same as you because the world was a much smaller phase place, but there's so much diversity in everyone. Even if it's your neighbor across the street, they're very diverse from you. And so you have to be able to be compassionate and open and actively listen, understand a family's makeup, um, there's just so many things to being a successful behavioral therapist I, or, well, I, or analyst or whatever you want to call yourselves. Because um, yourselves, you're one of us. Accept 
Well, I'm not really. I'm still on the verge, the um, fringe. Well, and I think this is why when we talk about compassion and ABA, we also talk hand in hand with, um, and from K now with that cultural responsive and trauma informed. And I think it's important for us to remember just because we don't see barriers doesn't mean they're there and doesn't mean that we can't address them or doesn't mean we don't have to address them. It's like when people say, oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. Well, that is, I want to say negligence, but I know that's not the word. <laughs> that in itself no, is ig- ignorance. There we go. Ignorance. It's ignorance because being in that compassionate care, you have to be able to see that your experiences are different than mm-hmm. other individuals' experiences um, and take that into yeah. consideration. So um, we went through this whole while back. When I was back in Iowa working, we went through mindfulness training. And remember, you were in the beginning of – like you were in the middle of your mm-hmm. – yeah, first part when I was in Iowa. So you hadn't had cash yet. Oh, okay. you were just starting your ABA career, and we would have these long discussions about mindfulness. And so, even the fact that we start talking about that now is in is just I just I have to smile a little bit that you're like, oh, I mean, I am the chief emotional officer. I know which. It's surprising to everyone, I honestly. I did check-ins last night, too. <laughs> how are you feeling? Tell me how you're feeling. Let me know. I also think that it's okay to have responses because I think that's the other thing. Like, we hear this, like, neutral face, right? Like, we're supposed to be neutral in delivering um some of our interventions, especially with clients, like if you react, that's going to increase behaviors and all that. And I think when we're speaking to parents or caregivers that we have to remember that it's okay to not have that neutral face all the time, that it's okay to feel those things. And I mean, I'm speaking more even, I mean, we can get into like with client wise, but I'm thinking of caregivers like there's so I cannot even put my I can't understand how it must feel to be up for 24 straight hours with a kid who is throwing things at me and not sleeping and destroying my house. Like I will, I won't understand that, but I'm like, I can be shocked and I can be hurt and sad for them. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think, so we, we know whenever I get frustrated or mad at something and I get to that level, I, I'm one of those people that I cry when I'm mad. Like I get so angry that I like start tearing up and I can't help it. Like it just happens. And so sometimes when I'm doing intakes and parents are telling me stories, like I'm so frustrated for them and I'm so mad yeah. for like that they've had to go through um, so specifically. Bad services. Yeah. Having to go through all the hoops to jump through and get services for these kids that I, of course, start crying during an intake. And I'm like, I swear I'm not. I'm not that crazy. I mean, I am a little crazy, but I'm not that crazy. I just feel for you. Like, right. I feel that. So, and I feel it more now, too. I think. Um, as, oh, yeah, for sure. As cash grows. So, what are the things that you felt like are, if you could pick three things from this article that you're like, these are what I would want 
our 10 listeners. Mm, our 10 <laughs> listeners. No, okay. Pop quiz during our next staff meeting for our 10 listeners. Um, I think one, understanding the different constructs of sympathy, empathy, and compassion, like knowing okay. those differences. Um, understanding like the definition of compassion because we're such definition driven people mm-hmm. and then oh yeah i've started my flashcards don't worry <laughs> and then also that the relationship with rft and that you can be a compassionate scientist essentially is what it is so yeah. it goes against everything i think i've said for my entire life but that's okay <laughs> we grow um and yeah so how do you how do does compassionate care then relate to directly with your clients like how is has your practice changed when you think about compassionate ABA um so if I'm going from like talking as a behavior analyst I would say I allow a lot more escape than I did before um okay and I focus more on a scent when I'm in sessions, so not immediately going straight into um, working on maybe targets. Uh, so today I was on an observation right before this podcast, and um, it's a new kiddo, and they have SIB. And we just did a really brief 30-minute FBA um, a contingency analysis, and it happened to be denial. So... Before, I would have been like, no computer, no, we don't want to have this behavior happening. We don't want it to go. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, okay, let's sit with him. Let's get to know the um, what he wants to watch on the computer. Let's get to know him um, before before we jump into everything. And then let's let him lead us into structure. Whereas before, it was, I have to set up the structure. But now it's the kid's leading me into the structure. Well, and ascent is so hard in our clients who have not had access to learning mm-hmm. commands or that have had ABA in the past that has not allowed for that ascent. And we see a lot of clients that have had not great ABA in the past or that have had trauma because of the ABA they've had. Mm -hmm. And so how do you assure that you're providing assent to those that can't communicate? Well, and I think that's, it's, it would be a lot of that behavior base. Like if you're having Mm -hmm. continuous tantrums, continuous SIP, like that's, they're not giving you assent, their assent, like there's no assent in that component. But then I also think of how can we, how can we use that to teach um, and to give a voice? And I think the other thing that has changed in practice is uh, like when we were up in person and one of the clients, they just wanted to rip paper. And before I would have been like, oh man, that's not functional. We're not going to rip the paper. We don't want to teach him to rip books, nothing like that. And I was working with him and we were about 15, 20 minutes in for the kid that didn't have any vocal that whole time he had like dad, dad. And he said, paper. And that was huge because I let him rip a piece of paper and yeah. I would never have done that before. So we, well, we follow their lead 
I yeah, I followed their lead more than I think I have I did previously. Pre- well, and I we were taught. Unfortunately, at one of the very first clinics I worked at, we were taught it's a game of I win. So no matter what, yeah. I'm going to win as a therapist, and that's what we were taught, and that's what the center like itself on. You totally know that's why you loved ABA in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I was. It was so structured and so like, I like things my way. And if it's going to be my way, that's awesome. But now I realize my way is the child's way. It's not my way. And it's not how that is. Yeah. And I think for me, it's hard. So I just, we just did presentations on instructional control, right? And so there's like this balance between how I allow assent, how I have instructional control, how like it all works together. This is not an easy field. Working with um, clients who have those developmental disabilities um, that have autism, that have all of these needs from us. It's not just, oh, I've decided one day I'm going to work with kids and I want to do this. Like it is, I shout out to all those behavioral therapists that are working with those kids every day for eight hours a day that are getting beat up, that are trying to figure out what they want and what they need from us, trying to be compassionate, trying to do all of the things because it is a hard balance because, you know, that ripping paper could have like in a second turned into something else. And then I'm like, how do you pull that back? So we have a lot of therapists that won't ever allow that because they're so afraid they know what could happen. And so I'm like, how do you allow that to all happen and be, be compassionate to what the client wants or needs? Yeah. It's, it's a definite, it's, 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 it's definitely, we have, we have a long way to go, but we've also come a long way. So hopefully yeah. we can keep the field moving. Oh, I saw vi- when I first started in ABI, I saw a video and I'm like, if someone, if I saw someone put their hands on my child, the way the video showed, um, I can't remember what they were doing, but it was a full physical prompt and it was not gentle. Mm-hmm. It was not a gentle prompt. And it, I'm like, I would have never allowed that. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, I probably would have because I would have been like, they're the experts. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm so desperate for help. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's just a, it's a fine line we have to walk as professionals. So. All right. Oh, there. <laughs> Did you hear that chime? <laughs> oh my God. Time's up. Time's up. Time just, yep, somebody just chimed us. No. Okay. So um, that wraps it up for another episode of Teaching My Mother ABA. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? Yeah, no, it's your No. You have to. Uh, you have to score. Ask if I'm scoring you. I you didn't. I didn't teach you anything today. You would, you did though. Yeah, but I said we're not teaching today at the beginning. Of oh, this. I totally was going to give you a five too. Oh, well, like I like okay. this. You missed it. I didn't really. This was your chance to like shine. To shine. Well, I mean, I shine every day. Just ask my dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. That wraps it up for another episode of Teaching My Mother ABA. Head over to our Facebook and Instagram at, not, at knowledge.now.solutions and check out all the events we have going on. Don't forget to sign up 
for um, our Be In The Know Patreon to access some amazing freebies. And thank you to K Now Behavioral Solutions, our 10 listeners, for sponsoring <laughs> Teaching My Mother ABA and for Pretty Easy Podcast for making this sound so good. And remember, it's all fun and games until you have to teach your mother ABA. Bye.